James Tushner with Ag Tire Talk here. I'm with Ken Broadbeck from Precision Inflation. Ken, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, uh, James. My name is Ken Broadbeck. I'm Vice President of Technology for Precision Inflation. We're based out of uh, West Des Moines, Iowa. And our deal is that we help people with tire inflation systems. My background quickly is grew up on a 1,200-acre cash grain farm in southeast Michigan. We not only did farming, but corn, wheat, soybeans, but also uh, farm drainage. So I just looked at a lot of soil pro profiles in my life, saw a lot of compaction zones, know what those are. And then also did land improvement where we uh, took out fence rows and things to uh, give farmers more efficiency in their field work. I then went to uh, Michigan State University uh, for a degree in agricultural engineering <clears throat> and was going to go back to my farm with my dad and for chance got a offer from a big uh, tire company. I said, dad said, try it for a couple of years. And 35 years later, I said that was enough. Great and story. Went to work with, <laughs> went to work with uh, uh, the inflation folks. Uh, it, at the tire company, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so just a couple of things. So one, it's good to know that you, you know, you've been on the farm, right? You're raised mm -hmm. on a farm. Yes. Um, Midwest, right? Um, yes. The other point, so let's talk about um, your um, factory career uh, with uh, uh, tire manufacturers. So were you a factory guy or give us a little more color on that. What were you doing? I um, initially started off with the design and testing uh, predominantly heavy in testing and worked on the thing dreaded dirge called the uh, power hop okay. and figured out with the cup, the OEMs, how to fix that. And then the next thing that came with tractors going faster over 20 miles an hour was something called road lope where a tractor or a machine doesn't have to be a tractor to be a combine. will start bouncing down the road at a certain speed. And we were able to quantify that at our test center and help the customers, uh, both OEMs and uh, the guy in the field uh, to fix that. And so we didn't have that issue. And then, Regarding your question about the factory, I moved out to uh, Des Moines and worked there uh, next to the factory and also inside a factory here. There's a couple of them here that uh, we did have a, a strike at one time where we they called everybody we could to get uh, to build tires because farmers were in desperate need of tires. And I actually built tires for over seven months. Excellent. It's a great, <laughs> great kind of learning a experience. That's engineer, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, I learned a lot. So I, then, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you first. Uh, in that time out here, my predominant requirement uh, for responsibilities was to contact OEMs, John Deere, Case, New Holland, Versatile, uh, Agco, and ask them how were their tires and tractors working together, machinery working together, did they have any issues, did they need to go a higher load, in load index, a higher heavier tire, or they need a whole new line of tires, another new size range where they went up in diameter. So, that was uh, very interesting and enjoyable to me. And then I actually traveled quite a bit of the world to see how other people used our tires and, and equipment and brought that information back to the company, uh, whether we needed to improve something or actually even helped out the OEMs and told them, well, this is what your tractor, your combine is seeing in this faraway country. Well, excellent. Excellent. You know, one of the things that I'm curious about, so um, development. So were you making the, were you developing the tread designs? Were you, were you like tweaking the carcass? Um, suggesting sizes or all the above? Yes, yes, and yes. Okay, all right. Came, so you have came, been in the round circle. Well, yeah, came in with, at that time, the standard uh, standard tire in the business was a bias tire mm -hmm. and worked on those. The radial was the optional tire, but very quickly, in the mid-80s, the radials started to become standard on the larger tractors for sure and uh, did work on, like I said, some of the bias lines, tried to improve the the wear on some, on some tires, uh, also some new tread patterns that we brought in. And then uh, radials became the, the standard. And then I got into, because of my background of being able to get into a tractor and drive it, 
Um, uh-huh. I was elected to go to a test center in Texas and uh, figure out why the tractors power hopped, like I said, and had a lot of fun doing that and learned a lot and was able to make uh, machines operate the way they should. It was to the point, very few people probably remember this, but when the power hop became very bad, I think 1988, we had a large drought across the Midwest. And there were a lot of people talking about uh, the tractors just became undrivable in the fields. And they really questioned whether they were going to be able to use radials because uh, several guys said, I didn't have this problem when I had bias tires. They would say, buy this new radial. It's going to give you all these great advantages, better traction, better wear, better performance all the way around, a softer ride. And it was just the opposite. So we were very fortunate, I say we as an industry, to figure that out because for a year or two, we were really concerned. Uh, We changed a lot of tractors, I say a lot. Four, five, six that I can recall, the farmers just insisted they wanted the old bias tire back because they could not literally sit in the seat with the radial. So had a lot of uh, experiences and a lot of uh, satisfaction seeing machines work and work correctly. Interesting. You've certainly gone the full gamut. Um, Wealth of knowledge and experience. It's interesting you talk about the radialization. Now we're getting into VF and we're getting into cyclic field operation, all that kind of fun stuff. And soul compaction is becoming front and center, which then segues into your first point that we want to talk about getting into the products. It's so how so central tire inflation systems is your game. So really the big question is, hey, deer's coming out um, in 2022, going to be able to uh, get it as an option. So what's it do for the producer? Like, why should they think about a central tire inflation system? How does it help them? It helps them in so many ways. If you ask a customer who has a, a two or one or two or three-year-old tractor or combine or sprayer, uh, what can't you do with the machine? And they really have to stand there and scratch their head because there's so many options. Now the combines will actually adjust themselves for field conditions, or if the dew starts to come down, they can change the settings in the combine. Sprayers have individual row shutoff. Planters have individual uh, row shutoff so the, the planter doesn't uh, plant into the headland of the end rows where it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But if you ask any of those customers, what's the pressure in the tire? You get that, you know, deer in the <laughs> headlight look saying, uh-huh. uh, whatever the tire guy put in at last, or we checked them, we think last spring. So it's always been a challenge for us as a, when I worked with the tire industry to get people to set their pressures correctly. Even though it's the single most important thing they can do to improve yield. Is that correct? Uh, not just yield, uh, but the performance of the tractor fuel economy, as you said, compaction, which is soil health, which is really big for no tillers and, and everybody else. Um, just the actual cost. A lot of people I think went to this machine called the track, because they had power hop issues. We've heard that from customers uh, also for flotation and compaction. And there's been several studies done. Uh, Firestone did one where they actually buried a plate, pressure plate in the soil and ran track vehicles and wheel tractors over the plate. And if you could get a tire pressure down to 10, 12 PSI, maybe even 14, they will match or beat a track vehicle for compaction. In other words, force on the soil, what, what the soil is actually seeing. A tire, if the pressure is set correctly, low enough to, t- to be able to run 10, f- 10, 12 PSI, it has less soil compaction than a track. Okay, so a couple things. So, um, so what was that threshold? Was it 20 PSI or was it around 15? Uh, the Europeans probably 15 years ago started making, I want to say noise. Uh, I think there's actually legislation passed for uh, directing maximum pressures of 15 PSI, one bar, atmospheric bar of pressure. And I think that's a pretty reasonable number. Uh, We've done some work with customers where we actually planted in a wheel track um, in uh, 
both uh, strip till and uh, no till. And oddly enough, in s several of the cases, the tire, the, the corn rows planted in the wheel tracks did actually did do better, four to five, six percent better yield uh, than those without the wheel track. How just does that a little work? bit of How pressure on them, right? A little bit of pressure. Well, just enough pressure. Everybody talks about compaction as being bad or evil. And what people have to remember that there's this thing that goes behind the planter called a packer wheel. And we pack <laughs> the soil. We, uh -huh. It's excessive compaction that's the issue. Amen. And if you, you yeah. want some compaction, you want good soil to seed contact. And I submit that these uh, corn plants in this testing we did, uh, it was actually for, a, for seed corn plots, but we actually measured every row off individually with a combine, believe it or not. And I assisted with that. But I, I think the reason in some of the cases where the corn did better in the wheel tracks was we were down at 10 PSI tractor, number one. We had a very non-aggressive tread pattern. It was very, uh, like think of a nice turf pattern on the tractor. And then also my understanding, I'm not an expert. All, a lot of the listeners probably are much better than I, that corn will grow through a certain amount of uh, compaction or pressure zones. As long as it doesn't see a big change, like a plow pan or something like that, it can grow through a certain level. And I'm pretty convinced that this 12, 13 PSI range, 10 to 14, we'll say that. The corn is okay with that. If there's not previous okay. compaction, the corn can grow through that properly and it doesn't see any sudden changes in density. That's the word I was looking for. That's a and great, great takeaway. Yeah. So really just in short, you're saying if, if as long as you're down to the 10, 14 PSI range, typically the corn can come up through that, even if it's been tracked over. Right. And if you look at, uh, when I grew up, it was all biased tires. And if you ran over the, on the headlands, the end rows, the corn just didn't come up because you compacted it with 20 PSI yep, bias yep, tires. Yep. And we're not there. We've cut those pressures in half. And with new technology, like you said, the IF and VF, that allows us to go even lower in pressure. And basically, the pressure the soil sees is the tire pressure plus 25%. So however you want to think it, about it, the most simplest way of looking at it, the pressure in the tire is your compaction number. So the lower you can go, the better off you are. The higher you can go, the more compaction you're going to have. So it's almost just thinking about pounds per square inch onto the soil with the PSI. It's not exact, but close to a one-to-one -one ratio. Very close. The easy visual is uh, a woman who's 98 pounds and has high heels on. She walks out on a golf green. She sinks. Is it because she's super heavy? There's a guy 200 pounds there standing next to her. He stays up fine, but he has a flotation shoe. And if you take it to the next degree more for the visual, think of a soft snowpack. And whether you have a snowmobile, snow sled, whatever, snow machine, or snowshoes, snowshoes will allow you to walk on a very soft surface without sinking. So that's what we're doing. We want a bigger footprint. And what our systems do is letting the tires deflate for the field work. And we basically make the tire in a pneumatic track. And that's something the other guys can't do. They are set with one footprint, uh, one pressure, and they can't light the machines up like we can. Okay, so let me get the analogy straight. And then I've got to go back to my original question. Number one is, if you've got a tire that's got 24 PSI in one track and down to 12 PSI in another, are you saying that that 12 PSI should compact the soil approximately 50% less than that 24 PSI since it's half the pressure? Yes. Okay, great clean takeaway. So that goes back to my original question, Ken, which is, is adjusting the air pressure for field service and the correct load and adjusting the air pressure for road is that the, in your in your subjective view the single most important thing that a producer can do to maximize his equipment performance? If he has no inflation system, he's stuck with the worst case condition, which is almost always roading at higher speeds. We're now going 
minimum 25 miles an hour and many tractors go 30 to 35 miles per hour so they have to set their tire pressures for that worst case condition which is speed if you take a front fold planter you're adding anywhere from 10 to 18,000 pounds to the back axle of the tractor you have to set the pressures for that weight the challenge is as soon as you pull into a field unfold the planter that weight goes away that extra weight and now you have a severely overinflated tire probably 20 to 5 30 psi i've seen Machines that need 35 PSI, the maximum pressure allowed in the tire to carry these heavy loads. And they only need about 12 or 14 in the field. So they're really doing a horrible thing to the soil by having to run the road pressure in the field. With the tire inflation system, we get rid of that. So really you got two principles at, at hand. Number one is if you've got, say, a 24-row exact emerge, people are towing it in the full position. They've got to have those tires really aired up to handle that load when it's folded. And then they unfold it for the field. If they had that CTIS, they could bring those pressures down because the weight is so much less. Is that correct? Yes. And I think that's why you're seeing the OEMs finally come to the party, uh, knowing they have to do this because the competition is doing it. You have Fent, Kloss, uh, John Deere in Europe has actually installs our uh, company system uh, on tractors as a dealer installed option. So they're starting to see it. And finally, like you said, John Deere, I think is coming realization that they have to have that system for their tractors, for their customers to be competitive. Well, very good. Now, we talked about the fact that the weight changes, right? Goes from the folded to the unfolded. That's an easy concept. Clean takeaway is, hey, I understand. I need less air pressure because it's an unfolded position. But let's talk about the physics, right? Let's talk about the fact that a tire needs more air pressure for higher speed and why that's the case. Uh, most, of our, most of your listeners, I'm sure, have semis or access to them. And that's always been the key for trucks. The more speed you have at heavy load, the hotter the tire gets. And we've all seen tires smoking down the road, literally, um, and almost ready to catch on fire because they didn't have enough air and the tires just overworked, flexing itself out and creates incredible amounts of heat to the point it will literally catch on fire. We typically don't have tires catching on fire on tractors. I have seen machines that travel 40 miles an hour, spreader trucks that they literally melt inside, yes. uh -huh. but they don't catch on fire. But the tire, basically the rubber reverts, it becomes liquid again and comes apart. So heat is definitely an issue. And again, we are, uh, when I was a little kid, 12 mile an hour was the top speed. Then it was 15, 20, uh, 25 now is very, very common. 30 is becoming the new normal because Again, farms are getting larger. Time is of the essence. The window for planting and harvesting and spraying is still set. So the quicker they can get from point A to point B, speed is, you're going to see machines going faster. Uh, we were just putting a machine together that goes 46 miles an hour down the road empty. Um, but that is a new record for me for a agricultural machine, 46 miles an hour. Well, and the caveat too is we never, ever condone going over set regulation, no. speed limits, anything. So, so, so want to make that um, crystal clear to yes, ev everyone. for sure. For sure. So, but yes, the speeds are um, continuing to go up. So let's use a real world example to give our um, listeners um, something really to chew on here, which is you did a blog contribution here recently where you did the example of, hey, 95% or so of producers are running this air pressure with this 8R, with this exact row, 24 row um, exact emerge. I think it was a 26,000 pound rear axle. It was about 30,000 pound rear axle, about 26 PSI. Do, do you recall that contribution, Ken? Yes, that's, uh, yeah, 29,000 pounds. And probably with an IF tire, you can get away with 26. With a standard tire, you'd be up in the 30s. Okay, so... So typical Midwest setup, he's in the lower 30s, right? With a dual row crop setup, okay? Yes. Common, yes. common, plain Jane, everyone's got him, okay? So that's without CTS. 
low 30s. So in the field, right, if he has with CTIS, what can he get down to with the lower weight unfolded planner? And what can he get down to as far as air pressure goes with that reduced speed under 10? It all depends on, on the uh, planter setup. Some people have uh, 600, 700 gallon fertilizer tanks between the seed tanks and the tractor. So that adds more weight, but you would have to then put a little more pressure. But with a, with a 24 row without extra tanks on it, um, we can get people down to 14 or 15 PSI, literally half the pressure that they're running on the road. And as you may mention, half the soil compaction. Exactly. Again, I am convinced uh, everyone's heard about pinch row effects. I think those stem from two distinct uh, parts of the planning system. One is the tractor rear duels because they're probably at 30 PSI where they need to be for road transport. And then secondly is the truck tires or truck tire like tires they have on the planter with central fill. Central fill is wonderful putting a bunch of seed in the tank and be able to run for a long time without having to stop. But you carry the burden of having, again, the high transport pressures that you have to have for transport when it's folded up. Those high pressure tires are then just rolling pins in the field, creating that pinch row. And if you can get rid of those, lower the pressures from both the planter and the tractor, that's where you get back to more of the real world uh, pressures. I think the corn and soybeans aren't affected by. Well, very good, Kent. You know, and just so I've got this straight and the producers can uh, make sure that they digest this clean takeaway, certainly worth the price of admission is the, the question really is, is how can changing tire inflation help farmers that scenario getting from low 30s down to mid-teens, right? We're talking about having the soil compaction in some in a, in a fair amount of circumstances out there in the Midwest. Yeah, hey, just a short analogy for the guys who are older people like me um, and, and dads and grandfathers. Uh, when I started with the tire company in the early 80s, uh, high tire pressure was 22, 24 for tractors. That was really maxed out. Combines were 26 to 28. Like, golly, that's, that's really a bunch from the to 12 or 14 PSI you'd like to see in duels. When a major implement company came to my company and said, hey, we want to have a new tire size, create a new one from scratch, 18.4 R46, or now known as a 480-8046, they wanted that tire set at 30, 30 or 35 PSI. And I almost said, oh my gosh, we're just going to create this horrible compaction in these fields. The sprayers now are running 64 to 70 PSI, 78 PSI cases. And and the planter tires, some of those are at 90 PSI, which is basically a, a truck tire because yeah, it is one running is up one. and down very soft fields. That's a bad thing. All right, great, great clean takeaway. Um, all right, so um, let's get on to um, what you got new. Um, let's talk about um, your um, the manufacturer of the CTIS systems, Ken. That's a company called PTG. It's out of Neuss, Germany. They've been doing this for over 30 years now, so they are very, very good at it. They are always innovating. And uh, one of the things that many of our customers are surprised to hear from us when they inquire about the system, we say, well, do you want a digital box in the cab, which, you know, adds another box to that side window that you can't see out of already? Or would you like it to come up on your tractor's ISO bus system, their own yeah. screen that they already have? And they just are really surprised that there's a, a short line company out there that can offer that value, that performance for them, where they don't have to bolt in another box in the cab. Nice. So ISO has been around for several years. Uh, just this year, just last month, they came out and released a version of their software. Not only does it come up on their screen, ISO screen, but um, some of the tractors, a lot of them in Europe, they have a joystick, which is programmable. And I think some of the, our tractor companies here, you can program the, the, the different operations through buttons, but you can basically pre-program your uh, PTG inflation system to come up on your, on your toggle switch on your, on your 
handle and basically say inflate, deflate, or start the air compressor up because I want some more air, nice. which is, again, something unique to the industry. Almost like factory. Yes, very much so. Fit. Nice, nice. Okay. Very okay. much so. So that's new. Uh, they also have some faster uh, deflation valves. Again, a lot of our customers say, well, I want it to happen right now. And it does <laughs> take that. some time, some time to get the air out of the tire. Uh -huh. I said, if you're really in a hurry, if you're a half mile before you get the field, hit the button, start deflating. But uh, our company's created, uh, PTG has created some, what they call a speed valve, which basically cuts the deflation time in half. So instead of taking two to three minutes to get down to where you need to run, about a minute and a half, you're deflated, ready to go to work. And by the time you unfold that planter, get back in the corner and set up your AB line and all that, the tires are at the pressure they need to be to start full, full work. Excellent, excellent. All right, so you've got a bullet point here about dry and liquid floater trucks. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, these have been around since I was a kid. I remember we could, uh, my father made the point that we could have the co-op uh, spray our fields faster and more economically than we could uh, with a tractor and we could do other work. Um, so they've been around for a long time, the big three-wheelers, and then there's also four-wheelers. And you like terrigator type stuff? Is that what you're talking yep. about? Yeah, right. that's a tra trade name. Careful there. <laughs> there's red, green, and other colors that do it, yes. Um, the only place I've seen them with an air system has either been in Europe or I saw one here at a show that actually had one on there. But same thing. If they run loaded down the road at you know, 30 to 40 miles an hour, they really need to uh, have a very special tire, IF or VF, or uh, – reduce their speed because the tires will get hot. So we were able to uh, put a system on a, on a uh, floater truck, we call it, it's a green one. Uh, it will go a top speed empty of 46 miles an hour. And uh, it really can enhances the performance. The tires wear better, they run cooler down the road. And then when they get in the field, they can drop their pressures from 40 PSI down to 20 or 25, uh, depending on the axle. And it just, again, it cuts the compaction numbers almost in half, which it gives them better ride better fuel economy, both road and field, and better traction. They've got some very steep slopes in uh, Nebraska where this machine's located. Um, it gives them traction, which they really need both forward and back, forward, but also laterally. They don't slide down the hill. Well, good, good. So, um, you know, one of the things I've noticed with as we continue on, um, you know, and get more advanced, you know, I think you may mention these liquid floater trucks do have very high speeds. I'm seeing some um, new products come out, I believe, with e-speed rating um, tires for these particular applications. Yeah, e-speed rating is, is becoming the new option normal, I would say. They, they are st marked stamp D, and then E is an optional speed, which basically says the tire is approved to go to 43 miles an hour, but you must derate the tire load capacity. So, either lighten the load or raise the pressure if it's possible to make it compatible for, for e-speed rating, yes. Excellent, excellent. Okay, okay. So um, really the principle's the same though. I mean, as far as we're going to air it up for the, for the road, right? Yes. And we're going to deflate it for the field. Right. And the question, why do you deflate in the field? Well, again, it's the, the soil health, the flotation aspect, the higher the pressure, the more compaction. And the more you compact, especially in a soft field or conventional tillage, you sink. And when you sink, you're always compacting that soil in front of you. It takes horsepower and fuel to do that, and especially with uh, customers, whether it's floater trucks trying to get that, that some of those guys can run 20 to 25 miles an hour if the, if the field is smooth enough. And now with the advent of high-speed planters up to 10 miles an hour, it takes significantly more horsepower to drag that planter at 9 to 10 miles an hour, 8, 9 miles an hour. And if you can reduce the drag, which is that thing called a corn planter behind you, by having softer tires so they ride up, off the soil and compact less, the tractor is going to be able to pull that planter faster 
if it's flat and probably obviously go up faster up the hills as well, which again, time is, is money and getting that crop in and that critical window of opportunity. Um, it, it's really going to make a difference in the, in the performance of the machine. Well, very good. So let's talk about what happens to the footprint. Take a little deeper drill down that we have. So it's pretty easy concept for our producers to understand that, hey, I get on the road, I air that thing up. I ain't got as much rolling resistance, right? Things yes. work better, not sure. as much heat. That, that yes. seems to be pretty easy uh, for, for, mo for most of our, our listeners um, to, to grasp. Now, let's talk about the footprint when you take down that pressure. We touched upon it early, but I want to be a little bit more clear. You know, when you look at your passenger car tire and say it's half the inflation, you see the big bulge. And the first thing you think is, man, the width's way um, wider than it was. But let's talk about not only the width, let's talk about the length of the footprint. Really, what's elongating more, whether it be the width or the length, and what that happens to lug count and how that um, translates into productivity and yield? Good question. The answer is, as you decrease the pressure, the tire squats down, its radius from the center of the axle to the ground becomes shorter. To do that, the tire can only get a little bit wider, but it can't get uh, significantly wider really than the tread. That's sort of a fixed width but it can get significantly longer. I can give you an example because we've done so many of them, a 480 ADR 50, mm -hmm. which again is the standard Midwest, Australia, <laughs> wherever uh -huh. uh, tire, that tire can go from 20 to 21 inches length, uh, or actually shorter, up to with a VF tire to 27, 28, 29 inches in length. Wow. So literally again, wow. you increase the length 50% and probably can decrease the, the, the pressure in the tire almost 50% if you go with a VF tire with the new technology tires. So again, uh, in total footprint area, it's gonna increase at probably 20 to 30% because you're not getting wider, you're simply getting longer. But again, it's the pressure that causes the damage. And then when you have a longer footprint, again, think pneumatic track, um, that puts more bars in the footprint, you get better traction. There are so many tractors over ballasted because they probably were running too high a pressure when they got pulling that big ripper, they had too high a slip. So the answer is you add a weight. Well, you probably could have just cut the pressure down because they still had the pressure in those tires possibly from the corn planter in the spring, and they're trying to do heavy tillage to break up the compaction that caused by the high pressure tires. Um, and they may simply have just had to reduce the pressure in the tires to give us that big footprint um, to get the traction they needed without adding ca extra cast iron, which is both cost upfront for buying the cast iron and then the extra fuel it takes to put in the tractor because it'd have to drag all that weight around. Well, very good. Okay, so let's get, um, let's try to get at least one more clean takeaway for our producers. So, okay, they get it that, hey, you know, new machines are coming um, with um, the central tire inflation system. You can get them OE now, right? They're out there. So yes. if I'm a producer, I've got a machine, it's two years old, it's a mechanical front wheel drive, large ag. I've got 48850s on the front, I got 42085 34s. Uh, or, I'm sorry, 48850s on the rear, 42085 34s on the front. I'm listening to this thing. I'm like, hey, you know, this is making sense, but you know, it's three years old. What, what, like, what, what can I do now? If, if I'm interested in this thing, like, what, what am I going to do? Um, two of our uh, producers that purchased this spring as examples both had uh, six and nine-year-old tractors. And again, these guys are looking to wow. maximize their 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 budget. And they're not looking to buy a new tractor. Um, several of them said, you know, we don't need all those newfangled things and all the extra stuff yeah, they have to add here. on the engine. We just want to get better traction, better flotation. We don't want to see the pinch row effect. So we're going to keep our tractors we have today. And all of our equipment will run on 
tractors that are 10, 15, 20 years old, if, if we have the right axle size, or if we go with what we call an air box system, um, which brings the airlines over the outside of the tires, uh, the axle size isn't even an issue. What people need to remember is once they buy the system, it's transferable to the next tractor. Oh, so I didn't know not, that, Ken. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not one of those things you have to buy every year. It's not something you have to let go to the sales guy. You can take it off very easily and oh. put it on the next tractor. Interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. And then, um, so if they're interested in this thing, you know, you're on the, the website and you can, they can also go on to your website. What's your website, Ken? Precisioninflation.com. Okay. Uh, you can see the different systems, different pictures, uh, our phone numbers there. And obviously, if you care to get a quote, uh, there's a contact link and put in your information. It's helpful if you can give us the tractor model, um, duals, uh, triples, singles, whatever you have, so we can get you the right sized uh, system and we'll send you a quote back. Sounds great, Ken. So as we close our time together, just to summarize some of the main points, um, is there anything you'd like to really kind of close with our producers, make sure that they re really resonates with them as, as we close our time? Yeah, all of, all the good uh, farmers who are, you know, who this is their lifestyle. It's, it's what they have to do for a living and, and they want to feed the world and also make a profit doing it because otherwise it's not, it's pretty expensive a hobby. Um, we want to be good to the soil. We want to be good to our machinery. We want to be good to our landlords. Um, and you do that by, by adjusting your tire pressures. And today, most people, they haven't even probably heard of it. If they've heard of it, they don't realize what it can do for them. And it makes any tire, it doesn't matter what brand it is, it makes any tire work better because we optimize that tire for roading, which is a unique situation running on pavement. The, tire to, the, the road doesn't care about compaction normally, except in the spring for frost laws. Um, but, so you want a high pressure tire for ro low rolling resistance and good handling. When you're driving 30 miles an hour, you want that tractor to respond when you put steering input. Vice, vice versa, in the field, we're not traveling 30 miles an hour, maybe traveling 5 to 10, which again, field speeds are increasing. But again, there we want a large footprint to grab a hold of that soil, but do it gently with lower pressures. And there's no way of doing that with mag machine where you can adjust it unless you change the air pressure. Again, we can change everything else in the tractor from the dimness and, and brightness of individual bulbs. Uh, and we can send all that information to, the, to our, our implement dealership or our home computer in the cloud. But if we ask the person what's in the tire, they don't know. And the last thing somebody wants to see is a flat tire. And we can not only allow them to change tire pressures from machine to machine, but from field to road and literally day to day, we can keep those tires at that minimum pressure all day long with simply a push the button. And the best news is in the next two to three years, it'll be automatic where the tractor will know what the weight is on those tires. It will automatically adjust. That's, That's what I was wondering about that. That's what's coming. Well, Ken, and you taught me something today. I had no idea that you could take that CTIS and put it on another machine. That's awesome. Yep, it is. We've had several people put that on two or three times, and it's a real easy trick once they've done it once to just pull it off the old machine, put it on a new one. Very good, Ken. Any last points? Uh, they'll need an air compressor, so don't, uh, don't forget that, which obviously we put in most of our quotes. If they need an air compressor, we put that in. It's hydraulically powered. They can run it off the power beyond uh, – lines or they can use a set of regular outlets to uh, power the air compressor. Very good, Ken. Thank you very much. You bet, James. Have a good one.